Welcome to Soundcheck Flicks, episode 27, season 2. I'm Tim Piles, Graham Stevens over there. We're celebrating 35 years of the Casbah this month. Uh, some great shows still coming up. Check the website, but Pimback is this week. Rock from the Crypt, Three Mile Pilot, Lucy's for Code, a couple with the Bronx, and a couple with Earthless to round out the entire month of January. 35 years with the Casbah. So cool. I've been a part of it for... Over 20 myself getting to bring bands in here, like our guest today for one of their first shows, which is pretty cool to talk about. Uh, but we're talking about the 1984 film Purple Rain, starring Prince with our good friend Pat Beers of the Schizophonics, one of the most exciting performers I've ever witnessed in my life, anywhere on television or in the world, in person, on this stage here at the Casbah. Pat Beers is a, f- a phenomena, an unbridled uh whirling dervish of a rock and roll experience and pat oh, we're so you, excited to have you here. are too kind mr tim piles thank you <laughs> thank you for having me you are uh there's a scene in in the movie purple rain where prince does a particular little move and i'm just vi- envisioning you have you ever replicated the move i mean it's a spin it's what? a drop i mean i've seen you do that exact move i swear wait, wait, is it the move where he's he's kind of fidgeting and he's kind of m- moving his hands through his hair and while spinning, is that that one? Something like that, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've seen Elvez do that move. Okay, it's, a, yeah. it's like a Vogue move. Yeah, he's kind of voguing, and then the camera's going around him. Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen Robert do that many times. So this film, um, I would think, is a huge inspiration on you and your 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 music and and maybe performances. Um, where did you first see Purple Rain? How old were you? Um, I you know I'd seen parts of it on TV th- through the years and. When I was younger, like in high school and stuff, I was, uh, I only rocked, you know, and I considered 80s type music to be kind of, you know, I was like, eh, I don't like the kind of production. It's kind of sure. kind of cheesy and stuff. And so I kind of slept on the movie for a long time. And a friend of mine, when I was in my early 20s, was like, no, you don't know, you don't, you don't know Purple Rain. I knew Prince was, was you know, I like Prince and stuff, but... That's what really got me into Prince. And I remember we used to watch that movie like every week for like a year. <laughs> and uh, and it was just it was just amazing. Just his performances in it are so amazing. And uh, yeah, it's kind of what's got me obsessed with him. And I probably consider him to, now to be like my favorite performer ever. You know, even even above like Hendrix or James Brown for me. You know, and I just it just... Just to watch, he's just like amazing. He's like combination of Hendrix and James Brown, Little Richard, and everybody. Did you ever see him live? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we, me and Letty saw him. He did this twenty-one night stand at the L.A. Forum in Inglewood, and man, it was it was so good. It was uh, I think it was the last tour he did before he kind of changed his band. Um, it was like 2015 or something, but man, it was so amazing. Um, he played for like three hours, like Larry Graham, uh, Sheila E was there. Chaka yeah. Khan came out and he just did everything. And did he, he have Maceo still with him? I can't remember. I, I can't saw remember. him in like 06 and he had a musicology tour in Viejas Arena and he had a uh, Maceo Parker with him and just one of those killer bands. Where you're yeah. just like, this guy's just next level. And yeah, three hour set. Yeah. I'm on the next to last row at Viejas, where if you've ever been there, that's a very large arena and you're very far from the performer. And I didn't give a shit. <laughs> like I was Joker product smile. I was so happy to be in the room. Like I just worshiped this man since I was a kid and I was finally getting to see him. And he did like a probably 25 minute Purple Rain medley near the beginning. And it was just the best thing. I've, one yeah. of the best things I've ever seen. 97 at Remac Arena, and then Coachella, saw the Coachella performance. And then when he played with the girls, the, the band he had at the end there, um, at, uh, at the Hard Rock downtown, actually. So he you weren't at the Kane show years ago that he just no. showed up there after his performance and played uh, I think for that a few was hours. in 97 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember he would do that all he the time. That after stuff the musicology tour, yeah. there was rumor he was going to do it again at Canes. Yeah. And me and my friends immediately after the show drove to Canes and stood outside the place. But he did not. And he did not show. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was okay. Me, for me, I was uh, I, I was born in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I mean, I grew up here in Southern California, but all my relatives are still back there. So, yeah, I, I can't say I 
really, you know, Prince is such an interesting artist and in, in that it's not really like urban music and it's not really like alternative. It's not like it, it's, it is its own thing in a way. Uh, definitely elements of funk and R&B, but yeah, I've kind of in the same way. Like I didn't really, really know how to feel about Prince in a way like, but I don't know. Purple Rain was the, was definitely the seller and, and just, oh, I was like, what's going on? Um, just that experience and, and seeing that. And then later in my life, making a pilgrimage to, uh, to first Avenue and getting to go inside and be inside that space. You know, have you been in first Avenue, Pat? Yeah. I played that stage once, uh, in Elvez's band. I have Wait, not uh, the played main it. stage or the seventh street entry side, the, the main stage, okay. the, the one, the purple rain yes. stage. And it looks like, you know, it looks like it looks in the movie still, you know, yeah. that catwalk up top, you know, where the guys do the breakdance routine uh-huh. during the Morris day. And, uh, you know, the giant monitors that Prince, like, humps during <laughs> Darling Nikki, like, uh, and then, like, you know, Robert, Han- he did total, like, you know, you know, kind of did the show kind of knowingly that it's where Purple Rain was. He did, I think that's where he did that voguing, twirling uh-huh. thing and, you know, and got on the monitors and everything. And But, uh yeah, man. It was, it's every time we play in Minneapolis. The last time we played there, we just asked the audience if anyone has any print stories, come talk to us the merch afterwards. <laughs> and like five people, and the, every everyone that has a Prince encounter, every time it's interesting. It's always just like you know he does something mysterious and like wacky. He makes pancakes for you, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Or I think Prince doing anything is interesting. <laughs> like you know, a friend told me that he used to like to go. You know, they oh they'd always go to Dairy Queen for dinner, you know, and get like get a burger and a, you know, I'm, like to me, even that is interesting because Prince did it. It's like Prince loved Dairy Queen. Yeah. All right. Okay. I remember a couple years before he passed, that passport <laughs> photo of his came out where he had the great natural and everything. And I'm just like, son of a bitch, Prince just made the greatest passport photo ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everything this dude does is yeah, the greatest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, like, it's interesting because it's him, yeah. <laughs> Isn't there some news clip that was found of him at like eight years mm-hmm. old, nine that was years old? Crazy, yeah, yeah. He's a child, and he's talking. It's during a teacher strike, and he's talking about how much they need the teachers and what they're worth. And he's this smart, articulate yeah. young child, and you can just see that face there. You know, it's him, and he's like <laughs> yeah. nine. He's tiny. He was always tiny, but <laughs> with those heels, man, <laughs> oh, just an amazing uh, dude. So I'm watching. Uh, so I, obviously I did all my rewatches of Purple Rain that I always do, but I pulled out in, in some of the more recent issues of Purple Rain, uh, a CD and stuff, they've included a DVD from 85 that's the subsequent tour. And there's a show from Syracuse that's on that tour. In the the Syracuse ma- show's great, yeah. Syracuse show. And oh my God, he's running around like America's Next Ninja Warrior. <laughs> like those monitors are eight feet high He's in those platforms. He's just jumping off of them. Just fuck it. Yeah. He's he'll run up the stairs, do something on top of the monitors, and next thing you know, the guy's flying across the street like Spider Man. Just mm-hmm. like what the hell? <laughs> and he sticks the landing in those heels, and then goes into a spin and does the splits. And you're like, Jesus Christ! Like this, there's nothing on the stage that this guy can't do. Yeah, I use that that video. It's a there's a video of the last part of the show, uh, a Baby I'm a Star. I use that to convert people to Prince. Like all my my friends I grew up with, I I sent them that. I was like, okay, just watch this. Yeah. And tell me this isn't like the best performer you've ever seen. It's like 15 minutes of just the craziest stuff you've ever seen. But yeah. yeah, In a movie that I love everything about, (laughs) that final 15 minutes, I'll say it in my opinion, I think it's the greatest rock and roll movie ever made. I know everybody from each generation has your movie. I know Maze loves the Rolling Stones movies. And, and you know, we had uh, Bart and he loved the Beatles movies. And, sure. And, you, of course, you're going to be attracted to what's from your generation. But Purple Rain hits every mark for me. I mean, it is a guy, that final 15 minutes, you have the heartbreak of Purple Rain, him being unsure of the genius that he is, the validation from the crowd. And then you have him come back. He knocks out uh, I Would Die For You. And then Baby, I'm a Star is a flat-out yeah. declaration. Yeah, it yeah. is a declaration. I am no longer a star. I am a superstar. <laughs> like, And he, he bet on himself. Once again, we love this. With Coppola and Apocalypse Now, with Billy Jack, we love those guys that bet on themselves. And in this moment in time, Prince is sitting there. It's 1983. He's watching Michael Jackson become the biggest star in the world with Thriller. 
And he's saying to himself, I'm more talented than this guy. And I've just released 1999, which is a hit. And it's cranking out little red Corvette and some of those, but he's not thriller, not in that moment. But even Michael Jackson didn't have the juice to get a movie made with him as the star and, and about his story. And Prince basically in that moment bet on himself. And he went to the record company, said, look, my contract's up soon and I want a feature film. And if you don't go to some studio like Warner Brothers and get me this film, you're not going to get me back for my music. And so, they, you know, they damn well made that thing happen. And damn it he bet on himself and that's so ballsy well yeah and like so he he wanted to do a movie because michael jackson did that big old video for thriller and thing and uh he was like well i'm gonna do a movie you know yeah he but, always wanted to win up somebody yeah but like those performances it's like if you know anyone listening hasn't actually seen it it's like or it's you know when letty worked at the record store she she told me this last week that you know everyone wears the purple rain t-shirts now all the kids and she would always ask him, have you seen the movie? And they're like, no, I've never seen it. And uh, oh. But it's like, if you haven't seen the performances, it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's a lot of like uh, music biopics where this happens time after time in a bad music biopic. They have the musician, you know, insert whatever musician it is, and they go on stage and it's the actor kind of emulating it. And it's not that, it's not really that good. And then the audience members go, whoa, and like their mind, the audience members mind are blown, but you're like, why? It's not the, it's not really the thing that the original person did in real life. That was amazing. Like all the scenes where it's like Prince performing, it's like some of the most amazing things you've seen. And then when the audience goes, whoa, it's like, it makes sense, it's you legit. know, where people are like tearing up and stuff. It's like, you know, you're almost doing that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I always get it's funny and the the movie itself, you know, I I kind of you know, me and Letty watch it, we kind of laugh at the cheesiness and the the bad parts cuz there is total total dichotomy of it. You know, half part of the movie is kind of like kind of crappy <laughs> and then part of it is just like by the end of it I'm all like, you know, I'm always just like you know, almost like tearing up. You know, it's like, yeah. you fucking got me again. <laughs> and it's always, uh, it's always uh, when I, I will die for you, you know, he's uh -huh. like, you know, it's like the, the montage of the show and he's visiting his dad, you know. Right. And, uh, but yeah, and the performances were amazing. And the, I think apparently when they made it, the director, you know, he knew Prince was a badass, but he was kind of like, well, you know, we usually have months to shoot musical scenes like this where your lips sink into it and all this and you know you're we don't have enough time we don't have enough cameras and money so you can you know we have a one week to do this all the shoot the performances so you're gonna have to do this in a few takes and prince is like i don't need it i, I need one take <laughs> and they just you know and they that's what makes the movie you know yeah it's so amazing well they were doing it a bit on the fly they were um you know, the script was Prince had been writing this for a few years and carrying that notebook around writing ideals down for his movie. But, um, you know, they brought in the guy from fame, the TV show. Uh, right. So they bring in William Blinn, who is a writer on the show fame, and he does a first draft and it's pretty shitty. Like, and then, then, uh, they bring in Albert Magnolia as the director and he, uh, he basically rewrites the script and, they chunked half the dialogue, like, and I mean, come on, Prince hardly says anything the whole movie, right. but uh, they rewrote everything, and uh, I'm kind of glad they did, because they said it was a lot more violent, and, and there were more sex in it, which, being that it's Prince, I'm okay with the sex, <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think this is where I stumped for the Magnolia cut, because uh, apparently <laughs> there is more sex in the vault, <laughs> and if I'm thinking there's more sex and there is more violence, now they could keep the violence, I don't need to see the spousal abuse, and I want to see him slapping Apollonia around anymore, right. it's tough enough watching it yeah. the twice he does it. I, I let out a... a like a gasp. Yeah, because he's becoming again. his father yeah. for all those young yeah, people yeah. that would watch that. Yeah. And they're like, fuck Prince. I'm like, he's battling with issues that he's becoming his father. That's one of the arcs of this film. Sure. Like, It's a pretty ballsy move considering that you're just like, okay, we're going to make a movie where it's it's completely a biopic, basically. It's, it's you. Your band is going to play themselves. Everyone you know in the movie is going to play themselves. 
it's about it's about your life down to a T, and also you're gonna slap a woman. And it's like, yep. but the audience will they'll they'll know you. That's not they'll be real. cool with it. Yeah, yeah, they'll, no. they'll accept everything else. It was like, yeah, it's yeah. It. There's also a cut. I guess when he uh, when he rides off and he tries to take her under the bridge there near the end, and they get in their last fight. Apparently that was a lot more graphic and they cut that out and it was kind of rapey. Like, well, so I don't know if I want that one back into the cut. They, but. they Apparently they cut some kind of weird Oedipal stuff too. With <laughs> which, his parents Which I mean, they're, they're kind of what implies it, uh, you know, but yeah, it's probably for the better as well. Yeah. There's the barn scene that you can see in the When Doves Cry video right. where yeah. you see her in a bale of hay on top of you know, pile of hay on top of him. Which is which like is the never song in the film. Raspberry right. Beret. You know? Came from that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which it must have really happened to Prince if it was. <laughs> it happened to Prince. I'm just going to go in that camp. Everything happened Everything to Prince. Everything happened to Prince. <laughs> but yeah. Albert Agnoli says when they came in to do this movie that Prince had like a hundred songs written for it. Oh. Like, God damn. Okay. Here's what's really cool. And, one, and yeah. And apparently a lot of the, the best songs were not. Were not written yet. Like Purple Rain was not one of those hundred. <laughs> yep. And I guess he got mad. Uh, Michael Jackson beat him the Grammys, and he went to the studio and recorded "When Doves Cry," and yeah. that became a hit before the movie came out. Yep, it was released. That was part of the. I think that's what launched the film. Really, I mean, that was so smart of them. The film doesn't drop till the end of July in the summer of '84, mm -hmm. the greatest pop culture summer ever. But uh, beginning of June, they drop "When Doves Cry," and it's a massive hit. So by the time they get to the release date, there's a fever and it's just packed and it's on. I mean, it's a smash from the get go. Uh, yeah, you were saying Purple Rain was not written yet. When Dove's Cry was also not written. And he said to him, we want you to include lyrics to talk about your mother and father because this is going to play during this part. And Prince is like, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Yeah. And he goes and fucking just chips off when Dove's Cry. I mean, yeah. what an incredible artist. And then uh, the beautiful ones was that, also not written. That's my favorite performance in the movie. Yeah, that slow burn. Yeah, it starts off so slow. Take and then, me with you was also not yeah. written at the time. Four of the nine songs were not even written when the movie started. <laughs> well, crazy. Where's thing, the rest of them then? So that what <sighs> you know the crazy thing is that three of the songs, you know, you you know they were technically lip sync to the for the performances in the movie, but. Three of the songs were actually recorded live. Yes. And uh, they did this show at First Avenue, and um, they were just trying out all kinds of new songs. And I guess it was Wendy's first show with the, the band, and they did um, Purple Rain, and uh, they recorded Purple Rain, um, Baby I'm a Star, and I Would Die For You, like three of the best songs. Those were all live recordings, and mm -hmm. they just chopped them up and added, like, strings to one of them you know but that's amazing those are some of the best you know the ones on the record are from this live show and you can actually find the live footage of them playing purple rain it's like yeah. 15 minutes and it's like it's crazy that's like all the little guitar things feedback people yelling from the audience that's all from that show yeah and like um i guess they he had been the director had been saying you got to write a song that's going to be like that you're you're the song you play at the end, you know, that, that you've been, they've been working on the whole, whole movie and the all Wendy this. The Wendy and Lisa song. And at the end of the show, he's like, what was that song you played at the end? He's like, oh, Purple Rain. He's like, yeah, that should be the song. And he's like, all right, uh, we'll just use that live version. Um, can we call the movie Purple Rain? And he's like, okay. Yeah. That's how it all Because he wanted purple in the title. Uh, Prince yeah. did. Yeah. Because the original script was called Dreams. Uh, that's yeah. whack. That's the, the fame guy titled it Dreams. And Prince was like, this fame, is Prince, Dreams. Yeah. Genius Prince was like, that's garbage. Let's call this Purple Rain. That whole final scene is just the whole the whole last 20 minutes, pretty much. Yeah. From the moment he walks in and his dad shoots himself to the final time in Baby I'm a Star when he turns and looks back at the camera and the credits roll. That whole last 20 minutes just gets every emotion out of me. Yeah. I mean, for the Purple Rain, you're just... Because when he walks into that crowd and everyone's just standing there, no one... They all know. They know his dad has shot himself. They know that this guy's walking out to perform with us under this heavy heart. And 
he looks over at Wendy and he's like, this is a song the girls wrote. And I mean, it's just beautiful. We all love Purple Rain. We're all fighting it, crying, just like everyone in the movie is. And at the end of that, there's a beautiful moment where he turns to Wendy and he kisses her on the cheek and you Mm. see her face well up. She almost bursts into tears and fights it off in an instant and goes back to playing. But if you really watch closely, it's this really sweet, beautiful moment that's in the film. And I guess it really happened. Yeah. It was like a real I mean, something that she's he, just they replicated. Of, she's just out of high school. And like Wendy's brand new to that whole I thing. And she's say, playing with one of the greatest artists in the world in that movie. I love Wendy Win- and Lisa. Wendy and Lisa are great actresses in the movie. And it was funny because the bartender's not a great actress. And she's not even a musician. She's just an actress. And she's not very good. The uh, Jill? Uh, is that the blonde Jill, one? the blonde girl? So she is a singer in real oh, life. Okay. She they, was a friend of Prince's oh, okay. that was so a singer. She, she was, okay, that's what. Jill okay. Jones, yeah. Okay. So I was so just she always wondering. Had like, a, she had a bigger part in the oh, movie okay. that kind of got cut down. It just trips me out that like, I think we were telling this earlier, it's like everyone in the movie were like just, you know, pe- actual band members and, mm-hmm. you know, people print, you know, like everyone's pretty good. Like Wendy and Lisa are great in the movie. I think everyone is like, Everyone had a month to rehearse and take acting lessons. And it's like, you know, Morris Day is like hilarious. Every <laughs> shot of him is funny. He is so good. He is drunk and coked out through the whole production. Yeah. There were there were scenes they had to drag him to the set just to film them. Like Yeah. <laughs> Every was... everything like it, it's weird because yeah, he he was kind of playing himself and like mm-hmm. at the time in real life, he was driving Prince crazy during the shooting he was. Yep. Uh they've been you know, friends and rivals and, and, uh, and driving each other crazy since they were teenagers. And, uh, and that was kind of the last straw was the making of that movie. Uh, they kind of had a falling out after it. And, but, um, but yeah, the, his, the whole rivalry and everything and just his, his counter kind of, kind of clownish character to Prince is serious. You know, it's like, it was it was cut they I guess they kind of wrote it to everyone's character yeah and the and uh the band you know it was also the whole arc of Prince like uh starting to trust his band and you know the whole thing him doing their song at the end um it was a real thing he, you know he did five albums where he played every instrument and then finally he he got a band and then during the making of that album he started letting people you know, come up with ideas and he started trusting other people and like musically and that all that is in the movie. It's all really what was happening at the time. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. It's crazy that for protagonists that they were with each other, that they never really talk. Like Morris Day says less than two dozen words to him the whole time. Sure. And kid never says anything to Morris. Right. He always just rolls his eyes or walks away or whatever. They, but they are clearly adversaries. Like, uh, but even at the end there, Morris realizes that they've gone too far. You that know? line, how's it, the family? How's yeah. the family there and at the end? Everybody he, passes him and he's sitting there reflecting. Yeah, he stops because like, it's cold-blooded. It was, knows it was, and at the very yeah. end, he's dancing. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. He's like, he, yeah. he knows it's not just the family. It's not your band. You know, He knows his dad has just shot himself in the head. It's like, that was really cold-blooded what he said. I think that film offers one of the best comedic scenes ever in, in, in the vein of Abbott and Costello with Morris and Jerome doing the password bit. The password is what? Yeah. Uh, that whole thing just gets me every time. I just, I'm rolling. It's just, it's so that who's on first, what's on second. I don't know. Third base. Yeah, yeah. It's comedic genius. It's hilarious. And if he was drunk and coked out, well, God bless him. Like, well, yeah, he would have been a great, if, if, if I had thought, if I had no knowledge of him being a musician, I just thought he was like a, some comedian they got for the movie. I was yeah, exactly. Like, hilarious. Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I saw him maybe a year and a half after the movie came out in Kansas uh, live, and it was it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, Prince wasn't coming to my town, but Morris Day did, and he pulled a girl out of the crowd. And they, you know, Jerome brought out the table and the uh-huh. champagne glasses and the candelabra, and, and he's macking her on stage oh, in front of the whole audience. Dude. is going wild. So and, good. You know, he's doing Gigolos Need Love too and stuff like that. He could have had his yeah. own movie, as far as I was concerned. Oh yeah. yeah. We did the mirror thing last week. Uh, we did, <laughs> did our soul band, and uh, Robert Lopez got a, a just like you know a mirror from Walmart, and we did the whole mirror thing. You know, nice. <laughs> but uh, those those performances. I mean, we we've gushed over Prince's performances. Let's 
the other performances so, just yeah. add to it. I mean, Morris Day, they only do the two songs. So we get the, you know, Jungle Love and, and the, the Bird. bird. Yeah. And then we get Sex Shooter from Apollonia 6 doing their... All of Which those. could have been Vanity Six, but it Vanity, have been Vanity Six stepped out. And three weeks before production, Vanity breaks up with Prince. Now I'm like, is this over infidelity? Because if that's it, I mean, give me a break. Prince is Prince is fucking everybody at that moment. <laughs> I mean, like, just deal with it, darling. Like you're getting ready to make one of the what would have been the biggest movie of her career. Yeah, yeah. Like, and she walks out three weeks before it. Now she does end up in the Last Dragon a year later, which is. Near and dear to my heart and a sure. lot of other people's. So, so has anyone done the Last Dragon yet? Not on yet. This show? show enough. Man, show enough. That's a love that shit. But uh, Apollonia, but know, Apollonia steps in. She's a uh, she's Miss she's, San Pedro. She's uh, LA Rams uh, LA Rams. She's in a bunch of shows. She's on TV shows. But she was dating David Lee Roth. That's right. Yeah. I read. She came yeah. in and she's actually married at the time to someone. I huh. don't I don't know who it was, but. Uh, <clears throat> came in and killed it. I love her character. I, and I told, you know, somebody last night I was talking to Prince about as far as the movie. I was like, there's she can do no wrong in my eyes in this movie. She doesn't do anything wrong the whole time. Like, she's a young aspiring singer, 19 years old. She comes to town. She's just wanting to make connections. It's not her fault the two lead, you know, cocks in the local music venue go crazy over her and lose their mind. Because, of course, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Like... She has no money, yet she buys him this incredible guitar. Like, she's just always, even when she takes Morris's invite to join his band, she's just trying to start a music career for herself. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with what she did ever. I mean, even but his when his reaction, oh, man. Oh, man, he overreacted. <laughs> and even jumping in the Lake Minnetonka to purify herself. Like, she was down for the cause to the point uh, that Apollonia caught hypothermia shooting that scene. Like, yeah, but, that's kind of like, yeah. And it's fun. It, yeah, I mean, on paper, Prince is just like, he's the worst human being ever. But like, <laughs> it's like for some reason, like, you know, you you like him the whole, the whole time. He's dealing with his dad issues. That's really what it is. Of course, like, the line, don't get don't get the seat all wet. He was from the Mod Squad, right? Was it his dad? Clarence the Mod Williams the third. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Clarence. I love Clarence Williams the third. Every movie he's ever been in, he brings the heat. He was from the Mod Squad. He was Link on the Mod yep. Squad. Um, what's kind of cool, the, the thing I really admire about Clarence Williams was like he was doing Mod Squad and stuff like that. And Mod Squad goes off the air, and that's the height of the black exploitation film era. And Clarence Williams says, fuck this. Was he the dad in the movie, in Purple Rain? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Clarence Williams. I know he looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, he's been in so much stuff. I mean, I'm a get you sucker. Like, uh, oh, shit, what else? Clarence in here. Oh, oh no no, Samson from Half Baked. Oh, I mean, yeah. I want to talk to Samson. Oh yeah, okay. He that looks so is familiar. Abracadabra. Uh, okay, like that is Clarence Williams the third. Tales yeah. from the Hood, Deep Cover. Okay, I mean, he's yeah. on Twin Peaks. Like okay, so Clarence brought the the gravitas to this yes. thing because well, agreed. Okay, so yeah, so this movie it's so because I mean. He's the it, real actor in it. I think 80s movies in general. When you asked me to do movies, I was thinking, you know, like 70s movies, you know, they're they're some of my favorite. But there's some about 80s movies that can swim in the land of cheese and also, <laughs> but they can also like move me more than sure. any movie. And yeah, like, Bloodsport. So when, exactly. When you said that to do this, I was like, I instantly thought of like all these movies like Bloodsport and like Roadhouse, Roadhouse. and stuff. And... All, there's the movies all, uh, you know, like uh, Big Trouble, Little China. All the movies I've watched, probably more than any other movies, I've watched these movies over and over. But there's something just like I don't know what it is. They just, you know, they're some. So all I'm getting at is Purple Rain has that where it had. There's plenty to laugh at, and then all of a sudden it'll do these kind of turns where it's like, man, this is serious, and like it actually kind of gets you. And uh, yeah, definitely the uh, the performances will get you, but the, also the the whole story with the dad who you know he never made it as a musician. He's you know he's bitter about it, and it's it's kind of fucked up. It's really fucked up. And how oh, he fucking yeah, puts his son down for writing his down dad. his music. Yeah, that's yeah. not and in his head. That scene where he's ripping through the the storage space, whatever, and all of a sudden he comes across, he realizes he's throwing sheets of music but in the one air. One thing I, I didn't notice till I watched it, so I was re kind of reading up on the movie before we did this, and I apparently uh, that 
there's that middle part in computer blue it's kind of gets jazzy mm -hmm. it's like a jazz fusion yeah. weird thing it's not typically in a prince song and i guess print prince took that from one of his dad's his real dad's song his dad yep. was a musician and uh in the when i watched it again this week i noticed uh that part where he goes downstairs his dad's playing the piano uh he's playing that part that doo -doo, yep. doo -doo. and then um the next song it or his dad's like you you got you're gonna get married you know and then it gets like man it's just like it's a really heavy Don't moment ever get married <laughs> yeah yeah and it's you know and and then it the drums start you know you know while it's still in the the basement sure. and then it cuts to the scene he does the song and then he goes to the, the solo is that part his dad was playing yeah he steals it immediately which and puts it on stage yeah and then like i never noticed that was that thing he was playing and then i it's even weirder that uh, that was actually Prince's dad's. Yeah, it was real music. life. Yeah, and I did that, and I love that you pointed that out right now because the editing is so good in this movie, and it's Albert Magnolia. It's the director. He's editing this, like, and that's one of the things rewatching it. The smooth edits, the way they come in and out of those life moments, yeah, back onto the stage and in and out. Yeah, it's it's um, it's terrific. They made editing. it look like the hotel that Apollonia was staying in was across the street from First Avenue, <laughs> but yet it was in Los Angeles, California, down the street from the Hotel Cecil, from the Murder Hotel. Yeah, which I discovered as I'm watching. Wait. Is there a hotel Cecil in Minneapolis? No, <laughs> but they shot around the Wiltern and. Uh, uh huh. Yeah. But you were saying that's because of weather conditions, and they weren't filming. Yeah, the film so they started the filming of... in the fall, and they did some of the exteriors where he's riding the bike around and stuff. But uh, you know, winter came. I mean, it's yeah. Minneapolis; it's going to come. And they, saw, so, they a shot all those scenes that were you could see their breath. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they shot the inside stuff still before they left town. But there was still stuff like Apollonia running into Morris outside the hotel and stuff like that. And maybe the alley scenes, too. They just had to get out of there. They had to go to L.A. because she'd caught hypothermia in the lake. She came <laughs> out of the lake in L.A. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when she comes out, that scene was shot in L.A. She could cut glass with those. <laughs> Beautiful. I wonder Latina. if that club that uh, Apollonia 6 performed at was uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I wonder where that, that looked club like it was, was. You know, yeah, looked like a little dive bar. Kinda. Absolutely, that yeah. looked very L.A. Yeah, um, yeah, it just caved in on them. The cold came, and they had to get the hell out, and that's why we got L.A. and Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, and I think I'm yeah, a Prince, sex shooter. Uh, so Prince had a a warehouse. I think it was in L.A. or it was in L.A. or Minneapolis, but because he was recording a lot of the stuff at Sunset Sound in L.A., and then uh, he had a warehouse um, where he would he would perform and he would like film his rehearsals and have the band would have to watch yeah. their own rehearsals afterwards. Yeah. It was crazy. But I mean, that's how they got us. Like James Brown was the same so, way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. But I Dictator. I wonder if the warehouse, you know, were like more stays, you know, yeah. doing the rehearsals and stuff. I wonder if that's that, just that warehouse where Prince. Yeah. Cause those up. are the same two girls from the nasty girl uh, with vanity six. Right. Right. That's the same two girls. Right. When Vanity left, uh, they just kept the other two girls yeah, and dropped Apollonia right yeah. in there. I mean, it was just this perfect replacement. And Vanity's um, the one that's passed, right? Is she? Vanity passed. Vanity yeah. passed, yeah. Um, talking about Prince in that moment, let's talk about, let, I mean, let's just talk about the soundtrack for a little bit because people often forget every time I get in a discussion with somebody about the greatest soundtracks ever, a lot of times people will forget about Purple Rain and they'll start mentioning all these other ones. And I'm like, I have to remind them that this isn't an album. This is also a soundtrack. Sure. Like, and once you say that to people, they're almost always like, oh yeah, that's number one. <laughs> I mean, they don't even, the debate's almost over. Like, so in an age where Prince was like, you got to put Prince into 84 into context. Like he's not only writing these incredible songs for himself, he's writing Nasty Girl for Vanity Six. He's writing Stand Back for Stevie Nicks. He's writing Jungle Love for the time. The Glamorous Life and Love Bazaar for Sheila E. I Feel For You, Shaka Khan. Manic Monday, The Bangles. Yeah. Nothing compares to you, Sinead O'Connor. He's just breaking off hits, massive hits for other people because he's that kind of talented. I was fascinated. He was really intrigued by the Paisley Underground, um, which the Bangles were a part of, the 3 O'Clock, very 60s-oriented bands, but like that story, you know? That he wrote a song for the Bengals, but he was fascinated yeah. by Pop that Life vibe. album after oh. Purple Rain was totally yeah. easily underground influence. Yeah. Like I, I love Raspberry that. Beret, that whole video is all yep. kind it was of mashing up two of my favorite things, yeah. like right there. Like, totally. what the hell is this guy doing to me? So, 
let's let's talk about the songs on the album. Do you have like a two or three favorites that stand out? Because this is hard. I, I my favorite part in the movie is the beautiful ones. Yeah, and I, my DVD skips during the best oh. part because you know <laughs> it starts off with that baby, baby, and uh, it's just so slow, and it's just like. It, man, it, it kind of draws you in, and then, you know, he's it builds up. Do you want him, or do you want me? And then I want I you. Want you. <laughs> and then he goes into a full Prince fit, you know. Yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, man, it's the best Prince fit, you know. Arguably, you know, there's the little red Corvette Prince. Darling fit. Nikki's pretty Darling good. Darling Nikki, too. <laughs> man, he goes pretty hard, full Prince fit. But this one is just like it blows them all out of the water and just like and even in the movie like like in when it cuts the to apollonia in the audience mm -hmm. it's kind of zooming in on her and it's like 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 i was saying earlier like in any rock biopic now they would have someone performing on stage and it would be kind of lame and then they would show the person in the audience like having their brain melted right and like in this it's like you totally like feel the same way that she does you're just like Oh. And it's a gambit of emotions. Yeah. Because the first time we see her see him is Let's Go Crazy at the beginning. And she gives him the fuck me eyes at the end. Straight up. She's <laughs> like, I want this dude. <laughs> and then the other songs you can see, he's straight up singing to her. When he's doing Darling Nikki, he's driving the knife in. Like yeah. he feels betrayed it's by brutal. her. Yeah. When he's singing the beautiful ones, it's because he loves her. He's, start, he's starting yeah. to have these feelings for her. Yeah. He's always looking at her. When he's doing I Would Die For You, he's looking at her like... It's he's very much singing those lyrics to her, and every time uh, he's on the stage, it's gonna make it a fantastic musical <laughs> on Broadway. Oh God, I I can't wait to hear the new songs they write for it. <laughs> no, can't wait to, <laughs> no, can't I don't might be scary. I actually. want AI print. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I can't wait to see somebody uh, do a bad. Did version you ever of it. see Graffiti Bridge? Oh yeah, so there, there's I've never that watched whole it. conversation about that. So that I think Prince. Works, you know, it was good that he had people that could kind of wrangle him in during this and mm -hmm. had a great director and all this. Because if you want, you know, you want a movie completely writ written, directed by Prince. With the same, some of the same was characters. was a sequel to Purple Rain called Graffiti Bridge. Oof. And it, man, it is almost unwatchable. It's bad. And uh, It's Under the Cherry Moon bad. Yeah. <laughs> Another and Prince one. I think I've made it through all of either. Under the Cherry Moon. Oof. Under so, the Sharon Moon is watchable. It, I, actually, for me, the most watchable one is Sign of the Times. I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's a concert film. But it came out uh, yeah. a few years after Purple Rain, and I think Sign of the Times is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, but that's him doing what he does best. That, that, right, that's right, like right. a live concert. I mean, yeah. And he's uh, added Sheena Easton at that point. Like. Yeah. Uh, besides uh, Beautiful Ones, what else you got? <laughs> okay, so... I mean, okay, so... To me, the begin. I mean, the end of the movie, like you are saying, last three songs... Uh, Darling Nikki, obviously, where he does the the you know the the speaker hump thing, where he and then he goes <laughs> stiff as a board, <laughs> and then he starts humping again. It's the craziest. Like I don't, I don't know how someone could rehearse that or like make that up. Even he's like some kind of weird animal thing. Like I don't. Prince is magical, but um, like you are on stage, aw, dude. Wait a minute. Well, it, I don't actually see you probably rehearsing i just that shit just happens man <laughs> that's you you're oh man well I, I i i ain't no print there's no <laughs> no prints but like um so um also you we got to talk about the the beginning of the movie is one of the best intros ever to a movie because it you know starts with uh let's go crazy mm -hmm. you know dearly beloved and uh it's just like instantly it's just like you're in the audience just the energy of everything. It's kind of interspliced with the other characters kind of, you know, starting their night and everything. But just that performance is amazing. And then it goes straight into uh, Jungle Love right mm -hmm. after that. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's like the best first 15 minutes and last 15 minutes of a movie ever. Yeah. I love the makeup of the audience. It's super, there's <laughs> yeah. a very diverse group of people that really reflects, uh, an interesting thing, you know, it's, this is in Minneapolis in sure. 1984, you know, um, they were, it's like you being in the Midwest, right? They're kind of behind the times in a way, as opposed yeah. to, you know, the East and West Coast, yeah. you know, but I then MTV comes around and it does 
bring everything. It changed everything. You know, I tell people about being in Kansas as a kid and going to the early hip hop shows that I went to in the eighties in the mid eighties. And I would go to see a young LL Cool J or, or, you know, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh sure. Prince. And I'd be the literally the only white kid in the whole building. Like lucky you didn't get your ass. And kicked. I, I tell people about that. I was like, yeah, I remember when it was like that. I was that kid. Like, <laughs> and I was just attracted to it. You know, I was a metal kid. You know, I liked the metal stuff, but the hip hop had the same energy to me. It was just, there was rebellious. It was speaking the right. same language and I was attracted to it. And I didn't care if my friends came with me. I was going on my own. Yeah. So I, I imagine you. that's what it felt like. You know, it is different in the Midwest from here, like the makeup of the audience and such. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that was really fascinating. Um, so many distinguished the faces i just love they get some great close-ups on some of the individuals yeah. in the audience and i love purple rain obviously the single um because it's the big emotional moment of the film obviously when doves cry i was just all into that song no bass i just yeah. it's one of the biggest pop hits ever no bass like um and for me it's baby i'm a star that would be my third favorite i just it is a declaration like i just uh, it's yeah. just it's prince arriving as a yeah. super mega star like this is who he is now he says it to you and he became it it's just yeah. oh i love it and everyone should go youtube the live syracuse like yes. 15 minute version of it it's amazing yes you will see him like i said america's next ninja warrior he was he's just a whirlwind all over that stage and that, and that was that one concert. of the songs that was from a live recording yeah you know it's crazy yeah um Let's talk about Prince's other moments, because Prince was in our popular culture. Prince, you know, he'd pop up and be cool. Whatever he did, he'd just pop up and be cool. He'd sure. be Prince. Um, were there any other moments in your life that you saw Prince do something? So for me, I would say the comeback was the Super Bowl in um, like 07, roughly, right. whatever. He had musicology. He'd come out a year or two earlier. He'd, so he was kind of back then. But he, he does the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing with George Harrison tribute where he just blows Tom Petty and <laughs> Jeff Lynn off the goddamn stage. Like, even they know it. Like, I rewatched the video last night. George yeah. Harrison's kid certainly knows it because he's grinning from ear to ear. Dan Harrison. Yeah, and Jeff Lynn definitely knows it. Petty's playing stone-faced all the way through it until Prince starts bending over backwards in the crowd playing the solo. And then you see even the camera, you can see Penny in the background cracking a smile. Doesn't he like throw the guitar in the air and it just disappears? Yes. He, like, at the end of the song, he tosses the guitar into the air and walks straight off yeah, the stage. But it never lands. It's just like, yeah. it's like the Dave Chappelle thing, you know, where he like, he lets go of the hoop and he just like stays there. He, I, okay, uh. so Prince is actually magic. You know, like, like, you know, like in the movie, it's funny. He's like Batman, you know, he'll like appear somewhere in like cloud of purple smoke mm -hmm. and he'll do something to me. And he'll do, like there's actually the scene where he's standing behind Apollonia watching the time. And then and she turns around to say something. He's, he's gone. gone. It's like Batman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I Prince is actually magical. Like <laughs> when uh, me and Letty ended up going to that show uh, the in Inglewood, it was like. We ended up getting the tickets kind of uh, in a serendipitous way, and uh, it was it's a weird thing with Prince is when you start listening to a lot of Prince, you'll start you know it's like Prince synchronicities will happen at a higher rate than other things. Like I swear <laughs> to God, like like that week it was like you know everywhere we went, no matter where we were, it was grocery store or whatever, it would be <laughs> Prince playing, and it was like it was it was almost it was almost like you know it's eerie. his world and yeah yeah so i'm telling everyone listening like you know if you're listening to this now odds are you'll hear like nine print songs later today because <laughs> he he will he he'll show up he is seriously like a weird force of nature Prince's magic we've, yeah. we've, we've div we divined it it's... yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i do believe um, that the super bowl <laughs> halftime show playing purple rain in the rain I mean, yeah, even yeah. Mother Nature yeah, yeah. was like, I got to get in on this. Prince <laughs> is playing the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's just incredible. I still think it's the greatest halftime show ever. Was like, he Prince yeah. at this point or still, still a symbol? He was back to being Prince back at that moment. Prince, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention him in 97 appearing on The Muppet Show on Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing starfish and coffee. And, he's in, and there's the part where he's in, they're doing the Hee Haw parody. And he's in the, like, overalls and he's talking with a southern accent like doing hee-haw jokes with the muppets in, in the cornfield good for yeah. prince prince is 
magic. We've established it. Yeah. It's just everything he did was great. Kicking Kim Kardashian off the stage, you know? <laughs> Remember that viral video of her uh, going on stage and then she couldn't dance? And he realized she couldn't dance. Yeah. He realized she's stage. just a good looking product, but she can't dance. Get the fuck off my stage. <laughs> it just basically kicked her right off stage. I was like, damn it. Once again, he's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> and in all, you know, all of his excesses and, uh, you know, maybe going a little too far out there, you know, and all that, he always kind of remained like one of those people that was like, you know, he was a hardworking a musician that knew his shit and mm -hmm. like he you know you you know some people could say that he kind of he kind of got it too far out there but at the at the end of the day he he was you know i don't think he ever kind of lost touch with you know being a, a real musician you know, was, for sure. I think was, his personal life yeah, was where the was, tragedy was, lies. Yeah, he was no, no you know? bullshit, you know, he, when it came to that. He never got to have a family. Uh, his wife had a child that died at birth. Yeah. And I think that was the only time he ever got close. Yeah. I think that that wore on him a little bit. I really do. I think Prince would have been a, God damn, he would have been the coolest dad ever. <laughs> when are you kidding me? He would have, his, his, just the guy would have succeeded at anything he did. And that's one of those moments where I'm like, you know, Someone that gave so much love to the world, like I mean, I'll be honest, as a Gen like X Otto. guy, yes, like our oh, good friend Otto. Rest in peace, um, Otto. Uh, Prince was in the bedroom with us. Mm. I ain't gonna lie, man. Gen <laughs> X males, like we listened to Prince in our earliest sexual, you know, encounters in life. I did. Sure. Like, I mean, it, he was in the bedroom with us. That that's a special kind of relationship. Like you let Prince in the room, like he's helping you out. Woo. You know what I mean? And then, you know, you see something like the onion headline Thanks, when, he, when he passed away, you know, the onion headline nation too sad to fuck, even though it's what <laughs> Prince would want. It's, like, what, it's what you would have wanted. Yeah. You know, it's like, I was, that was one of the greatest onion headlines ever. Like, I'm like, cause that is what Prince would want. Yeah. Get out there and fuck. I love the lines though. I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm something you, Oh yeah, comprehend. And to me, he epitomizes what I think we love in a front man, especially like as a, as men too. Where I mean, it's that kind of that thing, you know. The the we want to be him. The women want to fuck him. Mm -hmm. And he's God. I and mean, it's like Robert Plant. Yeah. I mean, these various people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Prince just epitomizes so much of that because yeah. that that effeminate part of him. Yeah, you know, he was as well. both male and female, yeah. and like. Yeah, just like, yeah. It's that crazy. look he has on stage when he's singing Purple Rain, the the purple jacket with the blouse, I mean, the the white guitar, like, yeah. that will forever be ingrained in my head as the image of Prince. Yeah, like, he's kind of part Hendrix, part Little Richard, and, you know, he's his own thing, but it's a weird, he's like a weird shapeshifter, you know? Yeah. Only won one Oscar in his life. Now, he got the original score. This, this is a weird one. He won something called the original song score Oscar that year. And he was only in the category up against like some Chris Christopherson movie that nobody had ever heard of and the Muppets take Manhattan. So, of course, he was going to win that. Like, <laughs> but he wasn't put in the main song category. Mm -hmm. Which kind of bummed me out because I'm like, how do you fail that one? Like, now, to be fair, these were the five songs that were nominated. Footloose, Let's Hear It For The Boy, Against All Odds, Phil Collins, I Just Called To Say I Love You, and Ghostbusters. Now, those were all big hits. So it's you can't really torch them too hard on that. You know, why'd you have that Nothing song instead of Prince? Because they were all big hits. And That's TV, pretty crazy. It's all iconic film songs. All at once. And like, Stevie yeah. Wonder won it. He won wow. for all I Just Called To Say I Love You. But I still... What movie was that from? The Woman in Red with Gene Wilder. Uh -huh. But there is still this part of me that's like they give Prince this award for the original song score. And that's a category that doesn't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, it almost feels like an honorary Oscar. And I'm like, no, give the guy the real deal. I mean, right. this is fucking Prince. Like maybe the impact was so big. They just they felt they had to recognize it somehow. And I guess uh, like, that seems like what they were doing. Right. Um, thoughts on his death. Do you remember when and where you were when you heard that Prince passed away? Man, I was fucked up. Uh, yeah, it was like. I mean, yeah, that 2016 was just like Bowie had died. Yep. Everything was just, it was like, that was the, <sighs> that was the thing. Everyone was just like, wow, how could he get, 
and just, it just got worse. We like, started with Bowie dying yeah. in 2016, and then and then Prince dies in May, and then uh, Trump gets elected, and then fucking. But hey, Keith Richards is still alive. Chris, uh, Christmas <laughs> Day, George Michael dies that, that year. Whole, that was the same year. That hurts yeah. so much because I love George Michael so much. And then two days later, Lemmy Kilmeister dies, and I'm just like, Oh yeah, Jesus Christ, 2016. Can you just stop? Like yeah. you're killing all my favorite people. Like it's only gonna get worse. You realize yeah, know, that it's all down. Now. the rest of this year to deal with yeah but, uh just losing prince that way i remember i was in a grocery store and i got a yeah. you know my friends knew i was a massive fan and all the text said to me was please tell me it's not true that's what one of my friends said to me and at that moment i knew right away oh shit somebody died that i that they know that i love yeah. and immediately prince was in my head because i've all my friends know and i just immediately left ralph's drove straight home and turned on cnn and it was just i sat there for I don't even know how long, probably the whole afternoon yeah. before I could put Purple Rain on. I thought I would get fairly far into the album before I started crying because at that point it was therapy and it was The Beautiful Ones. It was the one you love. Man. I got to the third track. I got to The Beautiful Ones and I just started bawling my fucking eyes yeah. out. I just couldn't stop. I was Because at that point I knew the greatest artist I'd ever witnessed is gone. <laughs> and he shouldn't have, you know, he, he, was, he didn't age, you know. I, yeah. I, I was so surprised because it was like, you know, we when we saw him, he looked like he he looked he had looked no different than he ever looked. <laughs> yeah. He was like he looked exactly the same his whole life. And so we all assume like, well, when he's seventy, he'll probably look like he's like thirty. Yeah. And he'll he'll still be like doing all that stuff and yeah. you know, and And that's yeah. what makes the end yeah. so sad is that, you know, it was a fentanyl thing. And so yeah. many of wonderful people in this country right now are losing their lives. Fifty seven. That's crazy. It's just crazy. And and he had, you know, he, that wasn't a part of his routine. Everyone who knew Prince was yeah. like, he's not a drinker. He's not a yeah. drug guy. And that just came in towards the end of his life that his knees and ankles had taken so much abuse from all of that years of training and dancing and everything he'd done to himself. And, and he had to deal with the pain. I have concerns about Pat Beer's <laughs> knees and ankles, to oh. be perfectly honest. How, how well, are your well, knees to, and to, ankles? To reference uh, Roadhouse again, pain don't hurt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You don't wear knee pads, do you? Oh, uh, no, no. I, I'll have to invest in some one day. <laughs> no. Lenny has assured us that he does yoga and stretching, and that's all I need. <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't do yoga, but, uh, but she does. But she, she does, <laughs> and she, tell, you know, she tells me I need to do it. Well, you're a, a true artist on stage, and uh -huh. watching you perform is, and I'm not just kissing your ass, it's, it's like otherworldly. I mean, that's why you're like uh -huh. the house band. For the Casbah now for the last decade. That's why Tim Mays loves you. That's why I feel honored to be a part of your career path. And Aww. and seeing that moment of uh, of witnessing, you know, the, the observatory packed with all those kids to see the chats, but also get blown away by Schizophonics. Aww. And very excited for that tour for you guys. Like, that Thank was you, just Tim. amazing. And can't wait to hear what's next. Uh, Are we going? Where, did you ever make it to Japan? I know COVID kind of... And you were going to Japan, right? Yeah, it was the week uh, that the lockdown started. <laughs> you still have no. not been to Japan then, have you? No, no, we're we're hoping to go, uh, I guess, our winter. We're going to go down to uh, next winter, hopefully go to Australia again and um, try to do it on that trip. So that's our that's our hope is yeah, yeah. Just around this time next year. I can I can just imagine mm -hmm. the, the them being blown away. Oh. Thanks. Japanese audiences yeah. are awesome. Yeah, just like their you bands. You gotta do your cheap your Budokan album down there with, yeah. with the Japanese kids. <laughs> we'll do our our Purple Rain movie. It'll you know be about the well everyone in the Casbah will play themselves <laughs> and uh, we'll all have acting lessons. Yeah, yeah. Tim Mays will be like Billy. Uh, was it Billy Sparks? Billy right. Sparks. He's the uh, the club promoter. The club pro yeah. And he'll give you the pep speech like, "Look, Pat, <laughs> I got three slots. I don't <laughs> yeah, need four. I don't need four. <laughs> what does he say? To, it, it was, I remember watching that with my friend, uh, and uh, when he says, "Your music doesn't make sense to anybody but you," and my friend was like, "Whoa, that's pretty cold." <laughs> like <laughs> he was silent the whole movie. He was like, "Man, that's that's actually pretty fucked up." <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do. We got to do the Casbah Purple Rain one day. Oh. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the in the movie, uh, we live above the Casbah in the apartments, and uh, <laughs> it's happening right now. And all the scenes where I'm riding a motorcycle, it's it's clearly just like 
like you know, like uh, like Stephen Ray or something. It's like it's not me doing it at all. It's, it's like Tim Loman, you know, right. in, a, in like, a wig. So is Letty like Apollonia with a skateboard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're already on. Oh, exactly, it writes right. itself. It writes it itself. itself. Yeah. Are you gonna be playing oh, with Robert? Oh, one thing I, I I I wrote down some things when I watched it in in. None of them are. It's all. Uh, but one thing I, a friend I mentioned earlier, we used to watch Purple Rain every week when I first learned about the movie. And uh, when he was a kid, he had. I just thought this was interesting. <laughs> uh, when he was a kid, he thought Prince ter- uh, coined the term "motherfucker." He never heard <laughs> someone say it before. So you, and I, I don't. You're not. I. I don't know why he was watching Purple Rain like as a kid. Right. It's like the most like like explicit movie, but. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and one of those, like lived in one of those houses where they just watch like, you know, purple rain and Chucky and stuff. And they're like six, <laughs> but, uh, but he never heard that word before. And he thought that Prince invented the word motherfucker. And that, you know, that, when he's, I think he's like looking for his dad. He's like, where are you motherfucker? And, oh, uh, it's so yeah, good. So I thought that was great that for years he thought that was <laughs> Prince coined that yeah. term. All right. Um, and so I remember, yeah, I remember. I remember having a similar thing when I was a kid. I in the movie The Princess Bride, where he says "son of a bitch," uh, um, I thought that was the coolest sounding thing I'd ever heard. I never heard anyone say "son of a bitch" before, and I I didn't know what it meant. I just thought it was amazing, and I thought that he coined that that term as well. Uh, I thought you were gonna say "sexy motherfucker," the oh, yeah. Prince song. Okay, so here's some other things I wrote down. The drummer. He plays himself in the movie. He dresses exactly like Prince. He has the mustache, uh-huh. everything, but he can't pull it off the same way Prince can. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he's just, uh, that was kind of funny. Um, and then also, there's an interesting <laughs> scene where Prince has a puppet in uh-huh. the dressing room, and he's doing kind of a ventriloquist thing. Yep. It, the <laughs> puppet, which is Prince doing a ventriloquist act. Says like you don't need any of them. All you need is me. <laughs> I thought that was really bizarre. And his lips don't even fucking yeah. move. <laughs> so apparently Prince was like a amateur ventriloquist. He was doing. He's busking, doing puppetry on the streets of Minneapolis. Oh my god, what can't <laughs> didn't he even do? Know. That's how he's magic. Once Did again, he really he's... do ventriloquism? I, ventriloquism, because I, I he is with that puppet like in the one scene. Later. That All puppet right. is yeah, it's very. There's a lot of stuff he does in the movie that would be creepy if it was anyone but Prince. Like when <laughs> right. he takes Apollonia back to his, his place, and there's like. There's a lot of puppets there, and there's like uh-huh. little clown porcelain, porcelain, porcelain clowns and shit. And it like it's it cuts to each of the you know little Close porcelain. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. And there's that creepy music playing of like it's like a like a woman crying in reverse, uh-huh. and then he just appears like Batman again. <laughs> but it's she like, thinks it's an orgasm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he and, explains it's a yeah. sobbing woman in reverse. Yeah, Prince's. Yeah. We we love to talk about people's bedrooms on this show. Prince's bedroom was. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like on paper is like the the weirdest, creepiest guy ever, but he pulls it <laughs> off in this movie. Yeah, when he does that music, you're just like, I forgive you for all of it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Even even slapping Apollonia, which I'm still mad at you about, but I'm gonna forgive you for it. Like, yeah. That was brutal. Forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. And Prince even f- caught the ire of the PMRC. Tipper Gore and her senator wife's friends decided to come for darling Nikki back in yeah. the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. There was a, two dozen songs or so that were like the Filthy 20 or whatever the fuck, Filthy 15 or whatever yeah, they yeah. were called. Darling Nikki was one of them. wonder why. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And Because uh, her teenage daughter played it in the house and Tipper yeah. heard it. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And she tried to come for Prince. There's that moment you realize. And then Frank it's about... Z- yeah, then Frank Zappa and John Denver and Dee Snyder came out and kicked their teeth in, and yeah. we're all better for it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, uh, of course, Frank Zappa makes sense, and I think they came after his mu- music as well. But like uh, that, John Denver, John Denver stood up for for, uh, yeah. for freedom of speech. Absolutely, which I, he, his music would never have gotten banned ever, but never. he just Anywhere. believed in it. You know? no, I, I, he's the secret weapon of that trio because Frank yeah. came in. Frank was very smart when he addressed those women. D came in and D was just trying to shock him. And D's like filthy motherfucker. And he's dropping song titles and he's just trying to rile him up. And I love D for doing that. And then John came in and you just couldn't fuck with John. Yeah. And John just sat down and said, no, this is a freedom of speech issue. What you're doing is wrong and you need to stop. 
and he just cut him off immediately. Right. John Denver won the listen day. To John, they actually listen yeah. to his music, you know? How are you going to listen to Country Road Take Me Home <laughs> yeah. or Thank God I'm a Country Boy and be offended by that? You couldn't. Right? And no. the fact that he came to champion those guys, God yeah. rest his soul. John Denver. He was amazing. Know, he was an incredible artist. I have, I have one question. So yeah. the end of the movie, the, it's the very last shot of the movie. Yeah. So he does uh, Baby I'm a Star. It's like it builds to this climax, right? Mm-hmm. He gets on top of the the speaker, right, and he pulls the guitar out, and then the guitar just starts like ejaculating, <laughs> right? Like, what is is that? Is that just like he's like the Prince Magic is so crazy that the guitar just, just once like, again jizzes. this is a sexual experience, right? <laughs> That is water shooting out of that guitar. Is it like a squirt gun guitar? It is a squirt guitar, and Prince is coming on the audience. Like <laughs> I, that I, is happening. At the okay. end. For years, I thought that was light catching off the guitar. <laughs> for, as a, Until for you saw years. the Blu-ray. Yeah, and then on the Blu-ray, you could clearly tell it's water squirting out of the end. I was like, oh shit, he's coming on the audience. Okay, like, so fuck yeah, Prince. Go. I like, I like to believe that. It's not supposed to be like a gimmicky squirt gun guitar in the movie. I like to believe that it's just like his Prince power <laughs> has gone to such a level that it's just his guitar just skeets across the room. This and is like, before Gore, and then, mind you. And then like right when it happens, he just turns around, looks at the camera, and it freeze frames. Yep. Those like 80s freeze frames endings. And just like, what just happened? Yep. Yeah. They're all pregnant. There was thousands of Prince babies. <laughs> if only we could have been right. so lucky. Uh, yeah. Good Lord. Having little Prince bits. <laughs> A little bukkake. God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, this Purple rain for real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, episode 27, right. season two. I, yeah. And you guys... Yeah, you're like, Thank why, you, did we ha- why did we have this guy on? We know. No, no, this is awesome. No, you oh. and our last two guests, you and Lucy, we've been tracking down. Oh, man. I mean, it's like Predator, and we're just, we're, we're hunting. I saw, I heard you in the trees. <laughs> I saw something. Um, yeah, this was really fun. I, I'd love to come back and do, like, Roadhouse or something. Oh, man, we're itching to do or Roadhouse. Last Dragon. Oh, last year going to be amazing. Yeah. So Roadhouse, I'll be straight up and honest. We want John Doe so bad. Oh, yes, yeah. He's in the movie. He plays Brad Wesley's. Well, we were watching it and Steve, shitty nephew Pat. Stephen Ray noticed it. He was like, "That's John Doe." Yeah. And I was like, nah, "I don't know." And then we looked it up. It is John Doe. I am dying because he's a friend of the venue. I mean. God He's damn. in the Jerry Lee Lewis film too, right? Yes. Uh, with oh. Mojo Nixon. There, I want there him to come in band. and kick some Swayze knowledge for us because yeah. uh, I just want him to tell him what it was like being in his presence. Like, <laughs> Swayze magic. He yeah. was also magic. He, yeah. yeah. He's You're magic. magic. I try to be. <laughs> oh, Graham. What's the next movie you're going to see, Graham? Uh, mean Girls musical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going cool. next week to see it. It's getting good buzz. Okay. Uh, I love the original film, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open to a musical. I mean, Did you just, see the 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 new um, DiCaprio film yet, the Scorsese? Oh yeah, I saw that months ago. Oh, you did. Yeah, I want to see. The last one I saw was The Color Purple. That was the last okay. thing I saw. That was terrific. Um, we went to see the new Godzilla, Japanese yeah, Godzilla minus movie, one. Minus Godzilla one. minus one. It was really good. Yeah, we all loved it. Yeah, do you I liked see it what lot. they're doing? They're going to release it in black and white. I did. Put it back oh, in theaters really? now. Yep. That's cool. It's terrific. Yeah, it takes place like around. Kind of like when the first one was made. Yeah. So post World War Two. Yeah. yeah. So I was fascinated by the storyline of it's the people that have to. Yeah. They're the focus because not him. the military is so disseminated by World War Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just yeah the story of the characters is good. Yeah. They did so many of those crappy new Godzilla movies. The universal they're ones. Yeah. They're not very good. Like, and it's like all well, like I mean the last few American ones and it's just like keep coming at you and then they. They make one where it's like, oh, it's actually a good story about characters. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, that's what shock. Make, that's what it's makes good. you afraid of <laughs> Godzilla cool is, is care if the characters die or not. Yeah, <laughs> to see it, a film, in, you know, in the theaters, having an extended run, and it's all uh, dubbed. Yeah, or this, in this yeah, case, yeah. Was, uh, it was subtitled, uh, which American audiences aren't really ever willing to. Of course, it's an action movie, so we told mostly action. Yeah, we told Robert Lopez. Uh, we we're like, oh, we're gonna go see this foreign movie, <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, that sounds fun. And so he met us at the mall, 
And we're like, yeah, it's Godzilla. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Pat Beers of Schizophonics, thank you so much. Thank uh, you for any releases me. on Pig Baby Records scheduled for this year? Um, no, we're trying to write songs, just working on new stuff. And, cool. Yeah. I love it. Say hi to Beanie. I will. I will. And your lovely wife, Letty. Thank you. Thanks thank for being you. a part of this. You are thank you, just, you know, you moved here from Arizona um years ago and you've really made this place a better town uh, this club a better place uh the energy you've brought here i mean honestly i think because of you and letty you guys have um re uh involved elvez in san diego and in this community on another level you just played with a new band called covid cola with robert lopez so all that stuff that's going on behind the scenes is is super fun and and it's really special just to have Robert in our in our community so much. And I, I owe it all to you guys. So thank you Aww, for that. Yeah, yeah. He's always down to, you know, make up one-off bands and whatever <laughs> stupid ideas we have, you know. Whenever I have a stupid idea, I call that guy. He's first. Well, it's yeah. super special. And thank you, Pat Beers. Thank, thank you, Graham. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Soundcheck Flicks. Auto forever. Auto, Auto forever. forever. Hey, SCF fans, next week we go to 11, like the amps that Spinal Tap play on. It's This is Spinal Tap. It's 1984. Tune in to see who our guest is.